Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Andrew. I'm Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right into it, guys. Uh, you found some news to go ahead and share, so how about you start? All right. Um, this came across my feed. It's uh, pretty big news today. Um, Avengers Endgame is to be re-released June 28th with a post credit scene or two. They, they, they mentioned multiple. Uh, the idea is that they wanted to... Uh, beat Avatar as the top-grossing film of all time, and so they're doing this uh, re-release next week. Uh, they did something similar with um, with uh, Fellowship of the Ring, if you recall correctly. Uh, after a couple of months of it being in theaters, uh, they re-released it with the trailer for The Two Towers at the end of the credits. Just mm -hmm. kind of as a thank you to the people who kept going to see the movie over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, my wife and I have seen it once in theaters, and we took our oldest with us, and we went on one of the $5 Tuesdays, so it was cheap, so mm -hmm. we didn't end up using our movie passes that day. Mm -hmm. um, but we still have, we haven't yet seen Endgame on a movie pass, mm -hmm. uh, so we're planning on next week going back, seeing what they seeing what they do with it. Cool. Uh, I actually went to go see. Uh, I went to go see um, Endgame again a few weeks back with some friends, um, and uh, they added the Spider-Man trailer at the end of the credits. But right before we started, they had this little talk with Tom Holland and said, "Okay, so the Spider-Man." Uh, Far From Home trailer is is going to be with this movie, but because we don't want to spoil Endgame for you, the trailer is going to be at the end of the movie. <laughs> so go ahead and stay until after the credits, and then you'll see the trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. So, yeah. uh, Spider-Man okay. Far From Home. That's my bad. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. So now you've got a couple of news items you want to share with yeah. us. Yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of typing them away as we go. Uh, so they are making a, uh, I guess, you know, they're pretty much done with it, but the movie's coming out here pretty soon. Um, but uh, they're making a Dragon Quest movie. Uh, Dragon Quest V, based off of Dragon Quest V, uh, Hand of the Heavenly Bride. And that's one of the most popular Dragon Quest games because uh, you can marry one of three candidates in it, mm -hmm. and um, the like you have offspring with them. It's a, it's a story about growing up. The main character starts as a little boy, and he grows to being a a, a man, and then a husband and a father, um, and uh, kind of avenging the death of his father and things like that as well. Um, and uh, one of the I will I will say this is kind of off putting, but I'm getting more used to it. Uh, one of the things that Dragon Quest is super uh, famous for is that Akira Toriyama of Dragon uh, Ball fame is yeah. the character designer for it. Yeah. Uh, ever since the very first one, all the way up until 11, which just uh, came out last year. Um, this movie is not using his art style, though. 
It's very, very odd to me, but the more I see it in motion and things, uh, it, it looks it looks fine. It looks good. It's just kind of yeah. weird to me to not see these characters in his art style. But yeah, I, I had the exact same feeling back when they made that Digimon movie. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they decided to go with a completely different character design for the movie and just do different things with it. And if so I recall it, correctly, the movie actually had different characters in it than the main show. No, it started no, off. With, it had a, they had a few new ones, but no, it had it still had the main cast. Okay, that's it's been years since I've seen it. So, but uh, anyways, the second trailer for Dragon Quest, your story has been posted. I'm I'm worried mostly because taking a Dragon Quest game, those you know, if you're rushing through it, it will take you forty to fifty hours to get mm -hmm. through a Dragon Quest game. Um, mostly because. Uh, they're just hard games. They're real hard. Sure. They're, they're real time consuming. And uh, I don't know how they're going to cram a 40-hour game into a 90-minute to two-hour movie, you know? Right. Um, especially since Dragon Quest is... The popularity of Dragon Quest in Japan dwarfs everything else. So I'm... If it's bad, these filmmakers have to know it's probably going to be the end of their career. That's, uh, that's dangerous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But in other news, uh, Moraine, one of the lead characters in the Wheel of Time series, uh, she has been cast. They announced the casting for Moraine today. Um, Rosemond Pike? Rosemond Pike. Name doesn't uh, ring a bell. Let me look her up real quick. Yeah. The name, like, I had to look her up as well, but she's actually done quite a bit of stuff. She's done quite a bit of stuff. Let me pull up her IMDb here. Oh, oh, okay. No, yeah. Yeah, I recognize her. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know didn't know her name. Uh yeah, no, she's been in a ton of stuff. And uh the guy who's the showrunner, Rafe something or other, I can't remember his last name, but he posted a picture of her holding the first book for the Wheel of Time series. And he said, I dare you to find someone else reading the book as close to as Moraine would as her. So, yeah. Oh, no, um, yeah. no, she, uh, I That's, think, I, I, I think, think it's good casting. I think it's going to be good casting too. I'm looking forward to seeing who else has been cast. Uh, if they're casting though, that means they're going to be pretty close to starting to film the first mm. season. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, oh, anyway. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to do a three episodes in for uh, the wheel of time. When uh, when it starts getting uh, posted onto Amazon. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's about it for news. Unless there's anything else you wanted to go ahead and cover. No, that was it for me. Okay. Well, so this week was your choice for uh, three episodes in. Yep. What did we watch? Uh, this week we watched Wise Man's Grandchild, uh, a completely delightful show that I've already watched all the episodes of, except <laughs> for the latest one that I either posted yesterday or today. I'm not quite sure when it posts. Um, because just because I haven't really looked it up, but uh, but it's a very delightful show that's lighthearted, but at the same, but at other times very heavy. Mm -hmm. But uh, but anyways, um, no, it, it definitely has a good balance and pacing in terms of oh, yeah. emotional. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But anyways, here's the synopsis uh, from Crunchyroll. A young man dies in a car accident and is reborn in a magical new world. The old, yet wise Merlin finds the boy, names him Shin, 
raises him from infancy, and teaches him combat and powerful magic along the way. Fifteen years later, Shin is ready to travel the globe on his own. But Merlin forgot to teach him something major. Common sense. Uh, so yeah, let's dig right into this. We watched the first three episodes. Let's talk about what happened and what we liked. All right. Uh, so the first episode, uh, it follows the um, the traditional uh, Japanese um, anime uh, format of getting right into the uh, the show and then mm-hmm. using the opening credits for the closer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're introduced to the character in a very... It, it wastes no time in saying, Hi, I used to live in our world. I got killed in a car accident. Now I live here. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually talking to Doug about this. Uh, He's the one who told me about the show, our brother Doug. Um, And uh, he's like, it's an isekai, but it doesn't really need to be an isekai for it to work. And I was like, "Mm, after watching the first couple of episodes, uh, I disagree. I think it needs to be an isekai to work. Um, And because uh, the thing is, he brings something to the table that comes from having some basic knowledge of our world. Mm hmm. Which makes him appreciate the world he's in even more. Yeah. And, that, well, and that's I, a major character trait for him. And this isn't really jumping the gun on things, but it's his knowledge of our world's science that gives him such an edge on magic above everybody else. Because yes. he just knows how to combine. He, he knows the basic structure of how things work, about how things can combine. Like, he, he casts this fireball spell and he creates blue flame in front of other people, and that's the first time they've ever seen blue flame. Oh, what? And he's kind of walking us through his thought process of it as he's casting the spell. He as he's fire, pulling he adds hydrogen and it, oxygen. Hydrogen and starts feeding it to the fire, and then he encapsulates it in an air bubble uh, to let it expand super fast, and then he throws it out um, just as it reaches its peak uh, power, and it causes this massive explosion. Um yeah, yeah it's like, like, like a tiny little hydrogen bomb. Yeah, yeah, he pretty much created a hydrogen bomb. And everyone else, every, the, the people who had not seen it yet uh, are all, you know, just dumbfounded at yeah. the power of the spell. But anyways, uh, that's kind of jumping the gun a little bit. But So so we're first introduced to him around the age eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what does he do when he's eight years old? When he's eight years old, he goes hunting and he kills, uh, he, uh, he uses wind magic to create wind blades and he kills some chickens and he kills a boar. And uh, then he puts them into his personal own pocket dimension that he has, uh, which makes carrying things around super easy. Um, But he puts them in his pocket dimension and he dumps them in front of his uh, grandpa's, uh, his grandpa's home, this cabin in the woods. Um, And he's, his grandpa's praising him saying how great he is and stuff like that. And then Melita shows up. Yes. Or Melida shows up. And Melida yes. is an older woman, pinkish hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he... Uh, and she pro- sees his prone home. to getting angry. Prone to getting angry. Because... Uh, because... Uh, because Grandpa Merlin is not teaching him properly. No. Um, and, it, uh, and, and, and you see all the mistakes that Merlin has made all along the way. Um, at encouraging Shin to do what he does. Um, but anyways, uh, she then screams at him and says, in what world does an eight-year-old child child go boar hunting? And he just says, Kovodis, or like, <laughs> right here. And she's like, that's besides the point. Yeah, there's the, it's a running gag, and it isn't paid off until episode, the middle, close to the end of episode two, is that Shin feels no shame for all of his amazing accomplishments. 
whatsoever. And it isn't until episode two that's like, oh, that's the first time she never regretted something. And, you know, the, the grandma and grandpa are like stars, uh, a halo of stars around them in excitement. Like, yay! Over their head. Yes. Uh, at age, uh, but, uh, yeah, at age 10, um, well, and like Shin, like, and they, they point out that like Shin goes to a magic academy and that's where he meets the other characters and other friends and stuff like that. And that's where the, where the plot starts advancing. Yes. Um, but uh, it's also there and we'll get to that, but it's there when he realizes just how much more advanced, more off the charts, as they put it, oh. than everybody else is around him, especially it's, at his age. It is pretty extreme. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the, opening, so the opening scenes are pretty chronological. They start with explaining who he is and then part of his adventure when he's eight, then another then adventure when he's 10, when he's where 10, he, where, when he decapitates a demon bear mm-hmm. by himself oh. because he, because he managed to also enchant his shoes to be rocket boots. Yeah. He learns enchanting from his grandma or from, from, uh, yeah. Melida. Yeah. Um, and so he's enchanted his boots to have air jets on them, and he uses them to just fly around as to avoid being attacked by this thing. He's also been trained by another man uh, because he's just so advanced at magic at eight, age of eight already. They decided to give him combat training with swords. Yes. So this, I, I didn't write the guy's name down, but uh, he, this this older man comes and teaches him with swords. Yeah. And so by the time he's ten, he's already really good with the sword, and he's really good with uh, with magic. And he creates a vibroblade at the age of ten. For those of you who don't know what a vibroblade is, it's um, it's a it's a it's a popular sci-fi weapon. I mean, I guess it's also in um, D and D. You can have, get a vibro sword, um, but it's a sword that just vibrates at supersonic speeds to where it cuts through molecules. Yeah. It just perfectly slices through anything. Um, James actually, our friend James actually has a vibro sword in our epic level game that we play once a month. And every time he gets a natural 20, it's an instant kill. Yeah. No matter what he's, I don't know if it's no matter what he's fighting, but it might be, uh, it might be anything that's below his level is an instant kill. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But every time he gets a natural 20, whatever he's fighting has just died. Um, and so, yeah, he creates a vibro blade and he just decapitates this, uh, this red bear that they call it, a demonized red bear. Um, that, then he turns 15, mm-hmm. and they have a party uh-huh. um, celebrating his entering manhood because you, you reach adulthood at the age of 15 in this world, mm-hmm. um, which he thinks is ridiculous because he comes from our world and knows that 15 is still way too young to be a man. And he comes from um, Japan where the yeah. coming-of-age party is at 20. I think they might be changing that to 18, kind of like we do here in America. You're, kind of, you're considered a, an adult in America at 18. Mm. Um, but I'm not... Uh, I, it was a news article I read a little while back. I'm not sure if that's actually something they're going forward with. Right. But right now, it's uh, it's their coming-of-age party is at the age of 20. Okay. Uh, so it's five years early for him. It is. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of people there, including somebody he calls Uncle Dis. Um, and auntie, and like, or, or big brother and big sister. Um, yeah. a, a woman. A, I, can't, a, I didn't write down their names. But just a whole got, slew of yeah. people. Yeah, well, there's a merchant there, all these people there. There's just a ton of people. Well, well they, for him. they start telling him, oh, you slayed a demon? Maybe you can be a demon hunter for as a profession. A demon hunter? What's that? And then they start delving into what careers he could choose from and tell him about all the things he could do. And it's like, oh, right. As an adult, I'll probably have to learn how to you know, earn money. Instead, I've never spent any before. And there's a guy at the table who's a merchant who's like... 
is the first to realize something's off. He's like, like, wait a minute. You've, you've never bought anything in your life before? Mm-hmm. Like, no. And then everybody just turns to Merlin and goes, I forgot to teach him common practices. Yeah, and but he's not embarrassed by it. He's just kind of sitting back and laughing and being like, ha, 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 isn't this a funny turn of events, you know? And, uh, and then, and then like, I just, he was so interesting to teach magic. He learned magic so well. I just didn't think about teaching him anything else. Well, and they, they kind of talk about this after he kills the and, bear. He's sleeping in his room, and the uh, um, Melida, Merlin, and the swordsman are all talking just about how advanced he is and how quick he's learning, and they're kind of worried about that. Yes. But they're also proud of it yes. because they really see him as like they like Merlin and Melodor's like, well, he's not really our you know our grandchild, and uh, but we see him as or Merlin says, I see him as such at this point. Melodor's just like, yeah, I, I feel the same way type thing. Even yeah. though she doesn't live with them, she just comes and visits every once in a while. Well, well, Merlin basically says, oh, I'm sure everything will work out. And then they go to, um, uh, th- then they go and use a teleportation spell that Shin invented himself, which is kind of a fold space portal. Yeah, it, he creates a wormhole. Like he, yeah. he, he, he uses his knowledge of, again, uh, our sciences, our theoretical physics and things like that. Yeah, in, in, in his own mind, he, he eventually he tries explaining this to someone, mm-hmm. and it shows a piece, a piece of paper that folds in half and connects one dot to another. Uh-huh. That's the fold space theory of worms. Yeah, yeah, and that's and how he, he does it. he gets it, and he makes magic of it, and it still just breaks the brain of everybody else uh, around him. Yeah, and he goes, and then this is when he casts that spell where he creates the blue fire and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so they go out in the middle of nowhere. Explosion. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. realize that this guy now has um, magical power enough to tip the balance of powers between nations. Yeah, yeah, he Why alone is now a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Um, and, and so they, they come back, back. Yeah, they go back to there, uh, to um, Merlin's uh, little hut, and they sit back down at the table where they're having this, and they start having a discussion about how dangerous and how much of a problem Shin is now and how we have to f- solve this problem. And... That's when it's revealed that Uncle Dis is the king of a nation. Mm-hmm. And that the and two people he calls care. older brother and older sister are his personal bodyguards. One's an incredibly skilled knight and the other's an incredibly skilled wizard. The heads of their orders. The heads of their orders. And the guy who trained him used to be the knight commander of that same kingdom. And then it's revealed that Merlin and Merida, or Melida, sorry, Merlin and Melida, um, are both heroes yeah. and were once married, and they behave like they were once married. And so it's not, it's not a it's not no. a surprise to anybody. Not at all. Except for Shin, because Shin doesn't have common sense, thanks to Merlin. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh... he he has some level of common sense from his own world mm-hmm. that he remembers, but he said that, so he said that he remembers everything about his previous life except for how he died. Yeah. Which he got hit by a car. They showed that really early on. He gets hit by a car. Just wasn't paying attention. But he doesn't one remember. Night. But yeah, he doesn't remember. Um, but he... Uh, but... Uh, it's revealed and, that these two yeah. were heroes that saved the city from the only recorded event of a human turning into a demonoid. Yes. Um, and uh, they don't really explain how that happened, how the human became a demonoid. 
Um, it has to just do with that he was creating massive amounts of devastation mm-hmm. and nearly killed the king. And then they came up and together were barely able to defeat mm-hmm. him. The king was actually attending the Magical Academy himself that time, and because of how quickly this demonoid was just destroying cities and wiping out uh, divisions of people who were, you know, it was their job to kill demons, and he just wiped out two platoons of these groups. Um, So they asked for volunteers from the Magic Academy. The king signed up for it, and uh, he was about to get killed when Merlin and Melida showed up, saved him. defeated this demon, became heroes, and they became super close, and they they made, they made they got a relationship where they could just be casual with each other, regardless of their stations in life. And one of the reasons that Dis came out here so often as he did was because this was the one place where he could just be sarcastic and have a good time and not worry about anybody about propriety and the language of royalty exactly and and, mm-hmm. and he just says you now you know i'm a king but you're still talking to me in this common tongue please let's keep doing this but he's just like but well yeah i mean like you were uncle diz far before i knew that you were a king and then the king just laughs um and then the king recommends and then they get into that discussion about what are we going to do because you are so dangerous i mean yeah. any if word gets out about you then every nation in the world is going to want you, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and that means either they're going to try to kill you with assassins or they're going to try to take you for our, for themselves. And so the king says, how about you join the Magical Academy? Merlin is immediately like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 you're just trying to get him for yourself. And he's like, look, the Magical Academy, you know about this place. It's decreed by royal law that everybody is equal here, that no one has it's any a, official It's a complete standing. meritocracy. No. Yeah, it is completely merit-based. Um, and so Shin realizes that he can have friends his own age, that he can go ahead and adva- uh, learn more about magic, and in his mind, kind of take it easy at a school. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so he goes. And uh, they... Uh, uh, and so uh, they, they decide to go, and two weeks later, half a month later or so, they're arriving by cart and arrive at a very familiar-looking mansion. Well, before that... If you've that, ever seen Konosuba. Before that, uh, I'm and I didn't check into this, but I'm pretty sure it's the same company that made Konosuba, but it's the same mansion they get. It's like almost yeah. the exact same. And there's even an aerial shot of the city that's almost the exact same as the town of Beginnings or whatever it's called in uh, there's just, Konosuba. There's just a handful of changes, like um, how the school in the middle of the city is a more prominent feature. Mm-hmm. But... But the city is a perfect circle with the river running through it, the exact same path. Mm-hmm. There may be more lakes, a, a, a bigger pond or something mm-hmm. else that uh, add features to it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. Um, but that's been so a big meme. They get, to, they get to the city gate and the, the guard at the gate is just doing his job asking for identification for everybody who's coming into this city. And uh, Merlin's like, is this good? And, Mer- and Melodus was like, yes, here's my identification type thing. And he's just like, Wait a minute, you're 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 the wise man Merlin Woodford, and you're you're the guru Melida, whatever I don't remember her yeah. last name is, um, but it's no longer Woodford. But he um, says it loud enough to cause a, a and uh, there's this riot. huge crowd of people, and uh, they're just like, oh, oh, it's it, it's the wise man and the guru, it's the wise man and the guru, and this massive crowd of people just come running the, towards the this carriage, cloud, the smoke cloud, and rape people running towards them. Uh-huh. Very reminiscent of the Beatles' help and anything based on Merlin that. and Melida. They're just like, 
This is but, why we. This is why we live in the country with no one. This is why we us. live in the country. Yeah, and that. Yeah, and he actually points that out. Like they get to their house, and the house was given to him uh, because of his deeds um, for saving the king uh, and you know helping the city and stuff like that. Yeah. And he gets to this house, and it's this massive mansion with all these servants and stuff. Like we're here to take care of your every need. I'm here to cook for you. All that stuff. And he's and uh, you know Shin's just like this is incredible, Grandpa. Why didn't you tell me you had like you had a place like this? And Merlin's just like. This is one of the reasons why we never come here. <laughs> yeah, because they're being they're being uh, addressed hyper politely by the uh, the servants. Mm-hmm. Yep, who introduce themselves as their main butler Steve. Mm-hmm. I am and Steve. Main... <laughs> and then I don't remember that. I just remember that. It's, just, it's very. It's like the, the butler's name was Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a, a, a maid. A main maid and a head cook mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those people introduce themselves and they had name plates and it's the last time we see them in the first three episodes but i i assume they're gonna play a bit more of a i honestly here. don't remember i'll be honest i honestly don't remember um yeah. but yeah i just like the reaction of grandma and grandpa as they get into the city and then uh as they are taking care of the servants and unpacking and stuff like that they tell Shin just go ahead and explore the city and uh money to buy himself an apple yep and he spends a silver piece on an apple which he was probably fleeced yeah yeah probably fleeced is is this this enough is this the right amount he asks not knowing which yeah we'll see if uh, Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens maybe i don't know but he's just so pleased with himself that he purchased an apple then he eats this apple and he wanders through the city and he gets lost and what happens he comes into (laughs) an alleyway and he actually sees in the alleyway three guys towering over what appears to be one girl the first time I watched it, but the second time I watched it, I could see the second girl's corner of her dress, but it yeah. seems like an afterthought. But you only really focus and see one girl mm-hmm. with with a red style to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, red hair, red dress. Um, and these three towering thugs leaning over them saying, you know... Come with us. You'll have a good time. And and literally, Shin's over there thinking, how cliche can you get? Yeah, it's just like, how cliche and, can you get? This is ridiculous. And then, and, and then he proceeds to berate them for harassing the women. And he says, we're heroes. You scram. He's like, you might be heroes if you're demon hunters. But when you start hunting women, you just become common yeah. villains. And he, he asks, ladies, are these guys bothering you and the a girl who her, her name is right. maria we don't maria. know at the time but her name is maria and she says yes they are really bothering us and they're like get out of here scrub we're heroes like we are demon slayers that means we protect these girls and we should be able to have some fun with them and then yeah he says what you said yeah. you're here like maybe you're heroes when you're taking care of demons but you're just common thugs when you're when you're hunting girls yeah and they get pissed at him and one of them throws a punch at him he's just like that's so slow. It's like kind of the scene in Sp- in the uh, in, in Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like watching the fist go by. It's not as pronounced as that, but he's just like, man, he's so slow. And then, like a flash, he grabs the guy and flips him over. Yes. Then the other guy comes at him. He throws that guy over, and, and then the third the guy comes at him with a knife, and the, and he blocks with his hand and shatters the knife. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he casts a quick spell, like a quick yeah. shield spell, to block to dist- to protect his hand from the knife. Yeah. But because uh, it kind of flashes there when it happens, um, but he breaks the knife and punches the guy, and uh, they're all down for the count. Mm-hmm. They're all down for the count, and uh, 
And that's when he sees that there was more than one girl he saved. Uh-huh. But he but Maria comes over and thanks him and he's like, Are you okay? He's like, Yes, thanks. We were just minding our own business when these punks came up and uh and attacked us. And uh then he notices that there's the other girl. Um Which is but- a girl in a light blue t- uh um mm-hmm. character design. Mm-hmm. Light blue hair, light blue dress. Uh-huh. And uh, they introduce her via view of her plot lines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, she's a fairly busty girl. Um, they show that first, and then the camera pans up and shows her face, and she's blushing, big green eyes, light blue long hair, just this adorable face, and she says, thank you. And he falls in love at first sight. Yeah, Just like face goes bright red. He gets this huge, like, over-pronounced blush marks that go out over uh, his, like... Uh, past, past his cheeks, yeah. Past his cheeks. <laughs> yeah. He blushes the sky next to his, his face. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the first episode is when he meets these two girls. And that's when they start the opening credits scene, which is quite an interesting transition because the first shot in the... Um, in the opening credit sequence is the main character in a close-up and suddenly his clothes go flying off and then he goes flying off to the sky. So I wasn't entirely clear that it had actually started the opening credits (laughs) at that point because of what happened the shot before, which is he's falling in love with her and then maybe this is some fantasy that he's going into. But no, that's the opening credits. Maybe, nope, nope, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but like... Uh, That's what it seemed like at first, and like, oh mm-hmm. no, this is the OP. Yeah. Um, but it could also be that that was just the perfect way to start the OP, and they knew that was how how it was going to start. It started yes. the last episode started with him seeing this girl that he was falling in love with, and you know, seeing her just makes him feel like he's flying to the sky type thing, and so boom, could be. So I don't know. Yeah. So episode two starts with the three of them at a cafe, um, Sheen, Ciceline, and uh, Maria. And they're chatting, and it turns out they're there to also apply for the Magical Academy. Because um, we, we didn't mention this, but there's a test. You have to take a test to get into it. Uh, and, you, and pass the test, obviously. Um, and and whatever te- and how you do in the test determines what class you're in. Yeah. And there's apparently mm-hmm. the A class and the S class, mm-hmm. which is superior to A. Mm-hmm. Um, because so. that's how the Japanese alphabet works, apparently. <laughs> oh, I, I recently read somewhere that uh, a lot of countries... If you get 70% or above, that's an A. If you get 50%, it's a C. Yeah. Only no. in America, and America has a much stringer, much more stringent um, grading scale, so we never needed an S. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just had a friend that made fun of that one at well, for at one anime we were watching. He's just like, yes, because in the Japanese alphabet, S comes before A. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a bitter guy. Um, anyways... Uh, uh, so um, they're chatting and they realize that he's uh, going to be attending, uh, hopefully attending the same school, taking the same test. And Sicily uh, just gets super embarrassed and shy and stuff. And, but Maria is just like in complete control of the conversation or whatnot. Yeah. And she just says, uh, oh, we thought we with your combat skills, we thought that you would definitely be joining the night school, not the magic school. He's like, well, I, I hope that I get to see you guys there. Uh, like, I hope we get to be classmates. That'll be great. And he gets up and he leaves. And um, Maria sees Cecilene, and she sees the face that Cecilene has, just this, the and she's just Lord. staring at, she's just watching him as, she, as he goes, and Maria's just like, he was pretty cute, huh? And he's like, 
Yeah, he was. And that was great that he came to our rescue, huh? Yeah, that was. Mind if I kiss him? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like he's not paying Cecily attention. isn't paying attention to what she's saying. He's like, mind if I kiss him? Ah, maybe I'll just take him for myself then. And then finally, Cecily notices what's going on. She's like, no, 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 you can't have him. <laughs> so, uh, and it's obviously Marie is just poking fun at her friend. Yeah, so, she, she she's definitely got her own smug. Oh look. yeah, and like even in the opening credits, there's this part like Sheen walks through one of his gates, and there's a tree, and there's like the school uniform dress floating behind the tree, and he's happy because obviously he thinks it's uh, Cecilyne because. Throughout the entire opening credits, there's moments that those two share. Um, and then Maria's face pops around the tree. And he, yeah. goes, and he just goes, ugh. And then Cecilyne's <laughs> face pops around the tree and they both share a laugh. I mean, we like Maria, Maria is a very good female friend character. Yes. You know, she's the good female friend character. She, she's um, the best friend who is going to get this couple together if it, by hell or high water. Uh I won't spoil it for you. I want you to watch it. Um, <laughs> I it's, want you too. I once, once episode three ended, it was kind of like, oh, I have to stop and talk about this before I can watch more. I know, more right? As soon as we're done here, I'm just going to go ahead and watch the latest episode that posted. Um, but uh, so they then, you know, uh, Nexus the exam, and he goes to the, to the school building where he's going to take the exam, and he's just like, oh, where, what room do I need to go to? And then someone comes up and says, hey, you, move, behind him, and he's not paying attention. He's just like, oh, oh, okay, this is where I go. And the guy who's been, ch- ch- like, you know... Who's been um, yelling at him. Barking at him, kind of, you <laughs> know, uh, trying to establish his authority over him, puts his hand on his shoulder, and Shing just reacts naturally because he's been trained in self-defense and fighting since he was eight, uh-huh. grabs the guy's hand, flips him over, and pins him down, and almost dislocates his arm by holding his arm up. Uh-huh. Um, and this guy starts yelling and shouting, and Shin's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize, th- I'm sorry. Like, you came up and just grabbed me. That's incredibly rude, you know? So yeah. I just kind of reacted. And the guy starts throwing around his his title and his name and saying, "How do you, dare like, do you, you know who I am? I'm. Do you know who I am? I'm no. Vaughn, so and so. And oh, oh. And then really? and then he says, and then Shin says, and I wrote this down. He says, "Hi, Oriwa Shin." This is like getting everybody around him to laugh because like this guy's trying to throw his his authority around. It's like, oh, we're introducing ourselves. Hi, I'm Shin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which, which I also wrote down. It sounded uh-huh. a whole lot like Omewa Moshinderu. <laughs> Omewa Moshinderu. Maybe <laughs> it's just, you're it's... already dead. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't catch that. Um, it, it it more reminded me of Cosmos. Yes, yes, I'm Cosmo. <laughs> I have Cosmo this. Um, but uh, anyways, he uh, going back a little bit. Uh, we forgot to to say this. Um. The girls at the cafe, the girls are just like, oh, by the way, did you hear that the, that the, um, that the, uh, that the, the, the guru and the, and the, and the uh, wise men are in town and apparently their grandson's with them. Isn't that incredible? He's our age. I'm so happy. Like, I'm so glad that I'm blessed to be the age of the wise man's grandson type thing. And Chin's just getting more and more embarrassed and more and more, uh, looking to crap. the side. Uh, and he's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I. Are you, I, do you I, not I, care I, at all? No, it's okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? 
and like Cecily says, wait, do you not like, is everything okay? Do you not really care about it? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just really surprised at how, you know, Maria here seems to be a super fan of grandpa. I mean, of Merlin and uh, of, of the wise man and, uh, and the guru. And she's like, of course I'm a fan. I've traced their exploits. And so, yeah, he, that's what gets him to get up and leave. But he also, he pays yeah. the bill for them and stuff like that as well. And, but anyways, um, as this guy's trying to throw around his weight, another voice comes in and says, hey, stop. You know, you know that this place is sacred ground. You know that it is that it is not by law, but by royal decree that this is a merit based but uh, based location. That this you're not will, allowed to throw your weight around. You will be punished severely if you try to throw uh, your weight around. You have one warning. Stop. And uh, the guy's like, mm, fine. And everyone's just kind of eyeing this other person. And this other person is, uh, I didn't write he, down his. He introduces himself as August Vaughn. August. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't ever write. It, he goes by Augie. Yeah, he goes by Aug. He goes um, by Aug. Mm -hmm. But he turns out he's the son of the king. He's the prince. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what Shin says. Your uncle Dis's son? And he like, and he's just like. like Nobody has ever addressed me as Uncle Dis's son. And he laughs at it, but everyone else around him is just like, oh, how is he talking so casually to the prince? Who is this guy, you know? Yeah. But, and then the prince has two bodyguards that are following him around as well. That and he's annoy like, him. Their yeah. very presence annoys him. <laughs> yeah, their very presence annoys him. Mm -hmm. But he, uh, but yeah, and he's like, oh, oh, wait, if you're Uncle Dis's son, that kind of makes us cousins, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that kind of does that, and he's just he's eating it up. He's never had anybody treat him this way before, and he loves it. Um, and they become fast friends. The two they of those become, become fast friends. They mm -hmm. become fast friends, but also there's um, a little bit of viciousness on the side of the prince that oh. comes out from time to time. It's beautiful. This time around, as I was watching the first three episodes, I noticed something that I didn't notice before. The king promised that he would not use Shin. That he would not try, that he would not use Shin for the country, that he would not enlist him in the military or anything like that. He would not use Shin as a tool for the country. The prince made no such promise. <laughs> the prince made no such promise. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, Anyways, and uh, so they so the exam starts, and part of the exam is the written portion, which uh, Maria's got her tongue out and is super serious because she's she's sworn she's going to get the top score and the top score. and so, some people are better than others and um, Shin is just breezing through it's so like oh, okay okay and then there's the magic portion of the uh, the exam now, and everybody say this we need to say something that I think you wrote this down. But, uh, oh, no, you didn't write it down. But, no, um, she, one of the things that Shin points out when he's eight and casting spells is how he's so happy magic in this world doesn't work the way it does in freaking anime, where people have to make chants and do weird poses and uh, have weird names for their spells. You can just think about it, visualize it, and it happens. Yes. What happens during the exam? Well, at that moment that he sees kids his own age casting spells. And the first one, and the teacher says, doing "Do your do your best." Do okay, your the best. instructor says, or the examiner says, "Do your best. Do your do your best spell." Mm -hmm. And so the first guy does a bit of a ballet move while chanting uh, uh, this 
this um, statement of casting to uh-huh. throw a fireball, and it just throws, you know, a couple of sparkles. Of yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a little ball of fire, but as soon as it hits this target on the other side, it's just, you know, it just kind of spells into nothing. And Shin is over there. Everyone's impressed, and this guy's like, ha, like he's beaming because of his spell. And then it cuts over to Shin, and Shin is, has his hand and head against the wall, just like, ah, what was that? What was that? What was that embarrassing spellcasting moment? What was that? And it just gets worse and worse. In uh-huh. fact, um, the, and so another guy does a dance, does a wind, uh, does a water blast of some kind, and basically just squirts the, the target dummy on the other yeah. side of the room. Uh-huh. And, and then the girl in the room casts a spell to to summon Mother Earth to her age to perform this this spell. And uh-huh. he and, and he so she's more and, and, and there's little pebbles. Little pebbles, and she's so pleased with herself. Uh-huh. And he's like, "Why are you pleased with yourself? What is this mockery of a of of, of, a, of a recital? Like, what is this? This is ridiculous." And then the teacher's like, "Wait, hey, hey, it's your turn." Oh, uh, and, the, and the king to has him. told me not yeah, to. Yeah, she whispers to him that. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the king has told me to tell you to hold back. Yeah, the king has, like, the king's so don't, about so you. just destroy the target dummy. Yeah, and, he, and he's just like, okay. And so he casts a spell. He creates this little blue flame in his hand, uh-huh. and all the other students are just like, he's Wait, casting what? a spell without a chant. What's going on here? And then he just, boom, casts it. And it's this, and for him, it is a small spell. It is. He didn't destroy the room. He just he filled it with smoke. And, and the he dust. hits the target, and the shockwave knocks over all the students, and there's just this massive explosion of dust and soot from the fireball that he just created, and knocking everyone over. The teacher, the instructor, or the examiner, I guess is what we're calling right. her, she's on the ground screaming, I told you to hold back, as her glasses crack from the force of this explosion. And Shin's just like, I did. <laughs> and his be holding back. And oh, the teacher's well, just like, well done. Oh, well, uh, well done. <laughs> you know? And then, and then he's just pleased that she didn't, you know, immediately kick him out. Yeah, yeah. For that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and so then there's a brief meeting between the teachers and says, so that's how powerful the grandchild of the guru, the grandchild of the wise man is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, no, I think that I was about to say something that happened. I think that happens in episode three, yeah. but uh, in episode, the, a couple days pass. He gets accepted. He gets, mm-hmm. he's given his student ID and then he's handed a bag that has his uniform in it. His uniform, he's and, got two bags, uniform and then books. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's given the uniform and then he's instructed, this uniform has enchantments on it. Don't go around changing it. Well, my grandmother's the guru. Is it okay if she changes it? Yes, that would be fine. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm so changing this when I get home. Yep. And he gets home and he does that. And he's got a magical device it's a pencil. that no one else has, but it's a pencil. And apparently he's the only one in the world who can do this, but he erases magical writing. He erases the enchantment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He summons the runes that are enchanting the, uh, the clothes and just charges... <clears throat> the eraser point of his pencil and just strokes the pencil across his clothes and erases the magic. And it's just gone. And then he's just like, 
now this is going to have to be my masterpiece. This is going to have to be so something absolutely incredible. There's a 20 character limit to what he can cast on this mm -hmm. thing. And so he writes it, and he writes it in, I think one of the reasons that his magic is so advanced is because instead of using their world's writing, he uses kanji. And kanji can have, the same kanji can have multiple different meanings. So, and, and so any meaning that he wants to put into the kanji. Mm -hmm. And so he puts that, he then writes his spell over it, not, and he uses the other side of the pencil and he writes his spell into it. Uh, not literally writing, but you know that's. But yeah, that's what it's, he does. it's the same kind of magical way uh -huh. where he just carries it over the clothes, mm -hmm. and then the words appear from underneath. And he then looks kind at what he did, and he's super excited, and he's just like, "Hey, hey, Grandma, Grandma!" And he's. What are you excited. doing yelling at this time of doing? night? Yeah, what are you doing yelling this time of night, Grandma? Look what I made! And he holds it to her, and she's just like, "Huh, huh?" <laughs> As she's reading what he did. And it's not revealed what he did yet. No, it's not. No, they don't. They don't reveal exactly yeah, what he cast. They don't reveal what he did just yet. But uh, so it's the first day of school, um, and uh, he's learned that he's in the same class as uh, as Og, and then he's also in the same class as Maria. Oh, and, that, 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 that was the other thing. Was before the first day of school, and this is one of the points that uh, the, the, the prince is just vindictive. Mm -hmm. Is. He's informed when he receives his uniform, you That's got right. the top score. So it'll be your responsibility to address the new class. He's like, wait, He's like, I don't want to do it. You got the prince, the prince right here. here. The prince of the kingdom is here. You should let him do it. And then the prince pontificates for quite a while about the tradition of this school and how important it is to maintain tradition to that whoever the top scorer is. Mr. Top Scorer should be the one to give the speech. And then he throws in one of his little smirks. Like, uh -huh. oh, this guy's vindictive. Yep. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But, uh, <laughs> and it's also revealed that night that the guy that, um, that, sh that Shin flipped over, I didn't write his name down, but, uh, uh Kurt. Kurt, that's right. Kurt, he got, um, he got A class instead of S class. And he's furious. His room is now an absolute mess. S class are the top 10 students mm -hmm. in the entire... Uh, it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how good your grade was technically. S class is just the top ten of students who who scored. Yep, the top ten. And, and so that, he, and he didn't get into it. That can change depending on how uh, how poorly an S class student does and how well an A class student does. So that mm -hmm. can change over time. Uh, and they kind of reveal that later on that someone's like, "Hey, as long as I do this, I'll go ahead and remain in the S class the entire time." You know, so they kind of. <laughs> They reveal that, I think, in episode... Actually, no, I think that's in this episode they reveal that. Well, but, um, it, that just seems to be a standard Japanese school thing where classes are segregated based on how well they do, so they're within a similar <laughs> grouping. I, I know it kind of depends from school to school, but they the same thing happened in our when we reviewed um, uh, Assassination, Assassination Classroom, yeah. where they yeah. talked about the but, quality of the student and being shifted from one class to another, depending on how well you did academically. I I don't really know. I I honestly don't know enough about the Japanese the Japanese school system to to tell. It, it was also in like, My Hero Academia where you know all the best best heroes were in class A, and in the class there's a kid in class B who was making fun. Who anytime they did better than class A, he'd try to rub it in, and then this girl with the giant hands would smack on the top oh, of yeah, his no, head. I think that's just his own personal vendetta because A comes yeah. before B. I don't. I think they're all equal. I, so, I was under the impression that it was that. That Japanese schools in these particular anime seem to segregate students based on how well they're doing academically. So that I they're didn't get that within vibe. their groups. 
yeah, I didn't get that vibe in my in uh, My Hero Academia at all, especially later on when they actually have competitions between A and B, and A and B are very evenly matched. So, well, it was the point in My Hero Academia is that almost everyone in Class A made it to the end of the tournament. Some of the people in Class B, no one from C or below. But they also point out that Class A, they only have Class A and B. They don't have they don't have any more than that. It's just A and B. For the hero course, hmm. and then from then on, they've got the the, the and then they um, have support course, and, support uh, course, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as I remember, there's only class A and class B. Okay. Um, but and they point out in then that arc, the reason class A did so much better than class B is because class A had real combat experience because yeah. of because of them being attacked by the supervillains. So that's true. Too. When they started off, I feel very very much that they were. They didn't divide the classes in that way at all. Um, it's just class A be, uh, became better for a little while because of that. But then class B really stepped up their game uh, to reach up to class A. Yeah, and, um, and classes that don't, schools that don't do that, uh, and definitely Azumangadayo. Yeah, Azumangadayo doesn't do that, though the teacher does some dirty things to try to get students into her class so that she can go ahead and win the sports festival every single year. Yes. <laughs> So, so I don't know if it's a if it's a thing that happens at some schools and not others, but it, it just it be. just it just feels like like it sometimes it sometimes seems to be consistent in some uh-huh. anime, and then other anime it doesn't happen at all. It's, yeah, like the the example of of um, of assassination classroom to me that just kind of oh. felt like it was it was a specialized school. But mm. anyway, uh, anyway, um. Huh. Uh, back to where we were. So he's in S class. Um, he is in S class, and the other guy is lying on the floor, um, lamenting his fate. And like this guy, this guy's doing this to me. I've uh-huh. got to find a way to fix this. Um, but anyways, they then have class the next day for the first. Well, he then he then gets up. The, the new students walk into the assembly. Yeah, he, um, he's, they all told sit that, down. he's told at the assembly that a lot of the students who are going to be there are actually the children of royalty, the children of um, the aristocracy. And so that's why, you know, merit, meritocracy had to rule here because so many different levels of aristocracy had their yep. children mm-hmm. at this school. And um, if they wanted a fair chance he, at that school, they had to get rid of that. And he had no idea who was and who wasn't aristocracy. And so he kind of just casually says, I had no idea that you – that." Uh, um, oh yeah, Maria and like, oh, well, like, well, I could totally see. Well, I can totally see Cecily being royal be- or being uh, noble just because of how she holds herself. But Maria, that's a total shocker. And Maria's just like, "Hey, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you?" Uh, and, and it's at that point when they announce the name of the person mm-hmm. giving the speech that it occur- that Maria and Cecily find out. I know I, I just butchered now. her name. Um. They say that, she, Woodford or Wolford. Yeah, yeah, they say his last name. Mm-hmm. And that's when they realize, oh, he's the son. Uh, he's the grandson. Uh-huh. Well, and Og knows this. Um, but yeah, and the uh, two girls just like, yeah. The two girls are just like, what? What? Huh? Him? It's him? And Og's like, yep, that's right. He is the grandson of the wise men and the uh and the guru. Uh, the guru. Um, and that just makes um that just makes Kurt all the angrier. Uh, uh, but they have their first day of class. And, they, their- and they, they do kind of the stereotypical murderous intent with the, oh, yeah. the, the squashed eye, the squashed mm-hmm. iris um, thing in uh, Kurt's eyes. 
but he then uh, they then have their first day of class, and their first day of class is just kind of going over the schedule and introducing themselves and whatnot, and they go home. On the way home, Maria stops Sheen and says, hey, Cecily wants to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. And Cecily says, there's this guy who's bothering me, um, and it's really freaking me out. I need to talk to him, but I want you to be there to, you know, to protect me in case something goes wrong because I'm actually afraid of him. And he's like, yeah, sure, of course. You know, to him, it's an opportunity to, you know, be a man in front of the girl that he likes. Yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out, and then you hear Kurt's voice from the background saying, hey, Cecily, how dare you talk to another man? You, get away from my fiance. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, and that he comes up and uh, Cecily is afraid to say anything. And uh, and then she Kurt says, look, I'm here to help you. OK, I'm yeah. go say what you need to say. And she says, I turned you down. I do not like your advances. This is harassment. I rejected your engage, your, your proposal. Um, I want nothing to do with you. Leave me alone type thing. And that upsets him even more, and he gets angry, and he starts throwing around his weight, and he starts threatening her family. Because her father is a subordinate of his father at some company. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and that freaks her out, and then Og walks up again and says, hey, what did I tell you about throwing out your weight? How dare you use your father's name to threaten someone here? You know better than that. Um, and then... Uh, they start, he, uh, Sheen starts escorting Cecily home at that point because they're afraid that, uh, that Kurt's going to do something, which right. makes Cecily super happy or Cecily, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, it's he, weird. like she's, Cecily, she's ecstatic with the idea. It's weird. In, in the wiki, they spell it as Cecily, not uh-huh. Cecily. Like, uh, they did some weird spelling on Crunchyroll. I think I'll just keep saying Cecily because it's easier to say than Cecily. Cecily. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but Cecily is ecstatic about the fact that Sheen's going to be walking her home and, and protecting her. And uh, he's like, actually... So he. uh uh-huh, And so is he. And he's like, actually, I have an idea. How about we go to my gram, to, to my home today? There'll be plenty of room. And everyone's like, wait, we can go visit the... We can visit the, the guru and the wise man? Please! And so Maria <laughs> runs up and is like, I need to go tell my parents. Wait right here for me, and then she performs like the Scooby Doo quick bolt where where there's a paper left and her hand grabs the paper. Yeah, (laughs) the paper gets left behind. So uh, they then end up at her at his at uh, a his house. Yes, with his with his newly enchanted uh, super clothes and the um. And the crew, which includes mm-hmm. himself, the two girls, the prince, and his two bodyguards. And uh, Og is casual and familiar with uh, with them. Uh, he's he's polite, but you know everyone else is freaking out about being there except for Shin and Og. Um, yeah. They're just starstruck, and they introduce themselves. He's like, "Oh yeah, these are my friends, by the way." Lists all of them, and they're like, "Hey, how could you do that?" And you know they're they're just, they're just kind of shocked at how casually. He's introducing yeah, they, they them. Turn to, they turned to shocked statues of stone. Uh huh. Because of just how <laughs> casual their names. Because of how casual he is with uh, uh, with their heroes. Yes. Um. Anyway, he uh. <laughs> anyways, um. Shin then is, explains his plan about how Cecily's in danger because of this guy. So he would like to go ahead and perform what he did to his cost to his uniform to hers as well. And he's talking to his grandmother about it. 
And she's just like, Shin, hold on. Yeah. You need to understand something. What you've done to your clothing, you already have. You are wearing around, no, you are walking around with what is essentially a state military secret. Okay. Yes. So that's it how is na national class. Yes, yeah, national. Armor. You're wearing national treasure type thing. National as treasure your, class armor. Yeah. As your as your school uniform. You need to understand that if anybody learns about you making this stuff, it could start a war. It could start a war. And Shin then just realizes it, it was specifically if the military yeah. learns that you can do this, it will start a war because there will be yeah. people who will push for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it's at that moment that he just, you know, just goes, Oh, I never thought of that. Oh, this is really troublesome. And that and that is at that moment that the that, that the grandpa and grandma turn to each other and go, oh, that's the first time she never regretted something. It's like they're watching him grow. They're just yes. beaming with pride, like their eyes are stars and everything. Wait, they're just so happy. You, you do really need the, the setup in episode one to really appreciate that because mm -hmm. she is trying to get him to feel shame for being an eight-year-old who's killed a boar. You're too young to be doing this. Mm -hmm. Or a 10-year-old mm -hmm. who's killed a demon. You're too young for this. And he's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. he took don't care. Like, whatever. I don't care. This, at do the age of fifteen, he finally feels shame about uh, something. Well, I think I think that, that the consequences of his actions could be. I think that's also very much um, just kind of the Japanese frame of mind. You know, like the Japanese frame of mind. The majority of them despise war. They want nothing to do with war. They want nothing to do with the spread of war. So him realizing that his actions could lead to war really, really sunk in. Really hit home. Yeah. So. Um, so so that is something else that he brought in with him to uh, to this isekai world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, she, uh, uh, Melida then turns to Cecily and says, do you understand what he's asking you to do? And do you think you're worth what he's asking you to do? Do you think you, you're, you're worthy to receive national treasure class armor? Uh-huh. And Cecily just breaks down and she says, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm not even worthy to be here right now. I need to go. I'm so sorry. Like I have tricked Shin. Um, I have used him for my own personal gains and I feel awful about it. Please, please just, I need to go. And she gets up and she leaves and yeah. Melody's just like, wait. And she stops her and says, if you had accepted, I would have thrown you out on your ear. If you okay. had sat there and said nothing, I would have thrown you out on your ear. Yeah. Uh-huh. But... You're honest. Mm -hmm. and, what's, and, and what's the harm in tricking a boy? And, she, and Basis is like, no, I'm not honest. I tricked him. I used him for my own purposes and for, for, for you know. Uh, and, he's, and she's like, what's the harm in tricking a single boy? I mean, I don't even think, she, think Shin realizes what you've done yet. <laughs> you probably just worked him up and he's really just he's, happy to have I'm, you. I mean, yeah, you honestly probably just worked him up and he's honestly just happy to be of service. And Shin's like, uh... Yeah, I am. I mean, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Shin is completely oblivious. Mm -hmm. And so um, they go up, uh, like they they go to a, a changing room. Just uh, Melida and um, Sicily. Uh, Sicily, thank you. Um, and uh, changing clothes, and she's putting on a nightgown. 
um, so while she, so that her uniform could be enchanted. So she has something else to wear while it's being enchanted, and uh, as they're talking, um, Mel- <laughs> uh, Melody's just like, "I got to do something to keep this girl around." <laughs> she, yeah. she likes her. She likes yes. her a whole lot. Um, which which kind of reminds me of the conniving of the mother in Aho Girl. Oh my gosh! Only in Aho Girl, it's awful. Because yes. but it's still there. I told you about. Well, yes. This episode's yes, going did. long enough. This episode's going long enough already. But anyway, they um. Uh, so they go they go back down. He then does this thing where he changes it. Everyone's like, "Holy crap, what's he doing?" And Melody's just like, "I know this this freaking boy." I mean, seriously. This yeah, is he's this... just saying they're erasing enchantments at will and putting in new ones, and people are just like, "How is he doing, doing this?" Uh, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> "Whatever." Um, and uh, every he... once in a while, I've I, I've been like that when I do coding at work, uh-huh. where I I think what I'm doing is pretty basic. But I've been doing it so much and learned so many different little things that trying to explain to an artist how I'm coding, it's just they're like, stop trying, just just yeah. get it done right. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he uh, so he 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 makes so, it. So he's not even the, aware of how advanced he is. And the prince is just like, um, can I have him do that to mine? <laughs> type thing. I, and then so he and well, his well, two body. Yeah, the the prince wanted his two, but the king's there. That's right. The king's there. Mm-hmm. The king is there, and the king did mention that you know any more than well, no, well, I don't think that Og actually asked. No, I can't remember the exact. Oh, term, it may have been the king was, wanting but it was that, for his son. Protection uh, the king, for his son. Yeah, the king um, mentioned that this is that this is a secret that cannot leave this room. No one here is allowed to talk about this ever, and that's when. Uh, the that's when Shin says, "Well, I was going to enchant your son's armor, but uh, your son's uniform. But you're right; it's kind of it's a pretty big secret." Now, hold on a second. Yeah, the, he's like, "Now, wait a minute, wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> and so he ends up enchanting the bodyguard's armor, or not armor, uh, uniform, and the prince's uniform, and everyone and but Maria. And Maria's just like Maria. And Maria's like, I'm just not comfortable walking around wearing state secrets. Yeah, I'm just not comfortable walking around wearing state secrets. I'm fine. You don't, That's good. Don't worry about me. Yeah. And then Shin reveals his spell to them. This is when we had the, the, the photo ex, or the, the picture explanation that folds over. Yes, and But Shin also reveals that he has to he has to be somewhere before he, he can. can only, he can only travel to a place he's been before. A place he's been before. Um, and so he uses uh, that ability, and he says, look, it's going to be super simple. Like, I can come get you straight from your house. I just have to go to your house first. Yeah. And so they start going to school, and Shin uses an ability that we didn't really cover, but magic sense, where he just kind of extends his magical presence to sense the magical essence of everybody around him. And he's, he has a huge range. Um, yeah. And so he's using that to sense for malice, to see if anybody has malicious intent nearby. Now, now there's a quick little clip that I wanted to mention that we kind of glossed over, and that was, um, it was just both, um, at some point, both Augie, well, no, both uh, the wise man, the, the wise man, the grandpa, and Shin are talking about how much of a, a force that... Um, the guru, the grandmother is, mm-hmm, and how, mm-hmm. how she was able to detect that this girl was thinking these things and was trying to manipulate him and this, that, and the other, and how it didn't even occur to him what was going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then 
Um, just uh, she's such a force of power. I just feel like I'm no better than air in that room. Oh, he's like, and, and uh, like, oh, don't worry, Grandpa. And and then it cuts, and then there's like a a a, 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 a collage behind them of mm-hmm. the other people who are in the room that were also no better than air, and uh-huh. included the king of yeah. the country mm-hmm. compared to her. Mm-hmm. It's like. Don't worry, Grandpa. Everyone's like that compared to Grandma. Uh-huh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> the only difference was that Shin was comforting his Grandpa and nobody else. <laughs> yeah, his Grandpa was the only one there. Yep. It was just everybody else was like, yeah, no. What? what okay. Once she's in charge, she's in charge. Okay, so we should probably go ahead and move, uh, move uh, skip ahead a bit uh, to... Uh, um, Kurt gets grounded. His father's like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? You used to never be like this. Um... Uh, they talk about school. Um, and he, oh, they, how people used to know Kurt from middle school, and now he's a bit more. Uh, and if something happened to him during middle school, then he's really changed. And he started meeting with a teacher, and it was that. And teacher. this teacher seems to be a uh, was uh, a citizen of a neighboring empire who has a blindfold over both eyes, but somehow has the ability to magically sense non-living things. Cause even, even Shin's sense ability only detects living things uh-huh. Uh-huh. with, with intent and, and such. And so, and then, um, so we're introduced, so we're introduced to the concept of this guy who may or may not be of uh, good intent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, where and then we find out so she so Shin so so Kurt's grounded, and that we're introduced to the teacher because yeah. Kurt's mother wants something to happen for Kurt okay. wants him to get better. Before that, though, we should talk about the clubs because they they <laughs> go on a tour of the school. They start talking about what clubs there are at the school. There's a magic study club. There is a club that researches um, enchanting items. There's a club that researches using magic to improve your physical body. There's a club um, that just studies the exploits of the guru and the uh-huh. wise man. And uh, the and uh, I wrote this down. Um, the prince's bodyguard wants to join that club where you use magic to make yourself look uh, more the muscular. The body sculpting club. The body sculpting, whatever it's called. Whatever it's and he's just like, the prince is like, oh, yeah, go, go, join that club. It's great, please. And he's like, no, I'm sorry, my lord. I, my duty is to you, and I must stay at you by your side at all times. No, 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 it's fine. This school, we don't have things like that here. You just go enjoy the club that you want to. He's like, oh, oh, thank you, my thank lord. You, my and, lord. Then, and Shin's just like, uh, he just hates being escorted, so he's giving getting them to give him some space because the prince has a grin on after his face yes. on his face after uh, after he tells the bodyguard to go join his his uh, cl- that club. But they everyone's like, "Hey Shin, what club do you want to join?" Oh, I have an idea. Why don't you make your own club? Wait, what? No, why would I do that? No, that's great. <clears throat> we can call it the Ultimate Magic Study Club. That's awesome. I want to join it. Hey Cecily, says Maria. Do you want to go ahead? Would you join uh, Shin's club if he had one? And she's just like, Well, um, yes, I, I would. I mean, he'd ha- I have to stay by him at, at all times because you know uh, he's he's protecting me right now. So I, I would definitely join it. And everyone everyone wants him to make a club, except Shin. <laughs> yes. Yes, I actually wrote that down. That yeah, was yeah. six on my list. Like, literally, everyone wants Shin. Everyone wants Shin to start a study group, mm-hmm. but Shin. But Shin. Like, Everybody but Shin. 
including his teacher. His teacher even said, you know, to start a to start a study group, you need to have at least five members and a member of faculty. And when you start your club, advisor. I will be your faculty advisor. Yeah, I'll be your faculty advisor. Sure. How many of you want to join the club? Everyone raises their hand. Great. <laughs> Shin, you're the president. Oh, come on. <laughs> So they just kind of force them into it. Anyways, uh, they're walking. Uh, they, they learned that Kurt has been grounded. Um, and so they're just like, oh, well, I guess that uh, if Kurt's been grounded, that means that uh, you don't have to yeah, walk Cecily he, home. One of the reasons he was grounded is that his uh -huh. father received notification from the from his royal highness that his son has been doing some uh, that his shady been, things at school. His son has been throwing his, his, uh, his name around. He's been breaking the one rule. It's the mm -hmm. one big rule of... Yep, that's a law at school. Yep, that's been a royal decree. Royal decree. And so his father punches him in the face um, after he does this kind of monologue he about how we're chosen, we're we're better than commoners, we're we're above them, we shouldn't be the same as them, we shouldn't be treated the same, we should be treated specially. And his father punches him and says, "How dare you say something so crude? You know yeah. what happened to you?" Type thing. We we kind of covered that earlier. And he locks his son in his room. Mm -hmm. Um and. Uh, Anyway, hey, I actually got it. Little nap. Um, uh, anyway, they uh, they learned that he's been grounded, and mm -hmm. they're like, "Oh, I guess that uh, you don't have to uh, you don't have to uh, walk Cecily home anymore, do you?" And Cecily just goes huh? like, "They're eating lunch," and she drops her food on her plate when she realizes that she's no longer going to have that excuse to spend time with Sheen. Uh, <laughs> and, Sheen's, and then Sheen's all like. Well, I don't have to walk to her to protect her, but I can still walk to school with her. I mean, it's still on the same, it's on the way. I mean, it's in me. the same direction. And then Cecily's just like, oh, that's right. And she just beams. She gets so She happy. stands up uh, in the middle of the cafeteria and beams. That's right. It's the same direction. We can keep walking to school together because it's the same direction, you know? And everyone's just like, uh, yeah, it, it is. And she realizes what she did. She sits down and she's blushing. And you just see... Maria looking at her from the side with kind of that cat grin, just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know, just like totally know that her friend's completely in love with this guy and she's going to milk it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But anyways, as they're walking to class after that, um, Kurt or not Kurt. Uh, well, yes, Kurt attacks, but Shin senses his uh, malice. Yeah. Shin um, senses his malice and, it's it's murderous intent, and Kurt has become the second. Um, he he was he had such dark intent in him, and we think at this point we suspect, but we're not fully mm -hmm. sure what his teacher did to him beyond. But we know that his teacher has been putting the ideas in his head. Well, the teacher came and visited him because the mother summoned him or uh, asked him to come visit. Like I was saying, yeah. Because she can't do, she doesn't know what to do, What she doesn't know what happened to her dear son. So let's go ahead and get him in touch with the person that, you know. That, that, he, uh, that he responds best to. That he responds, well, in her mind, she responds best to, but everyone else is just like, um, Kurt started changing for the worse when he started meeting with this guy. Um, the, mother, the mother didn't know that. Um, but he goes up and he visits him and he says, Yes, you're chosen. You're special. You're wonderful. And this guy's in your way, isn't he? He's like, yes, yes, he's in my way. He's like, he's he he's making it to where I can't do what I want to do with my woman. He's making it to where I can't be what I meant to be, where I can't exceed and just be the best that there is. And he's like, here, how about well, here, and then how about you take care of him and then cast some kind of a spell on him? Yeah. 
Um, and then he leaves. Um, and uh, they, uh, uh, and anyways, Kurt then shows up the next day at school, even though he's grounded, um, and he throws a massive fireball at them, just this wave of fire. And uh, there's this magical battle between him and uh, and Shin. Shin, yeah. Shin pulls up his shield, and he tells both Cecily and Og to put magic into their into their uniform. Magic, the flow of magic is what activates the enchantments. Yes, the enchantment only works where the where it covers, and you have to put magic into it to make it work. If you are vulnerable to a sneak attack, and you are vulnerable where skin is exposed, legs, yep. arms, head. Yep. And uh, because of the intensity of the attack and how he was distracted, um, Shin actually gets hurt by this fireball. Like you see yeah, burns his on his hands burning. and, and yeah. his face. And everyone's worried about him. And he's like, no, it's fine. Like my the regeneration is already starting to kick in. You see the burns beginning to uh, to heal in front of their eyes. Yeah. He's like, everyone get out of here. And uh, Og tells his his retainers to go get guards to go tell the teachers that a demonoid is, is attacking the school. Um, and, uh, Og's like, look, let us help. Let us fight with you. And he's like, no, look, what are you saying? I'm saying you'll get in the way. You know, yeah. she's just like, no. Are, are you just saying we're in the way? Yeah. Yes. You're yes. in the way. Yeah. Yes. You're in the way. And, uh, Cecily does not want Shin to go fight this guy because they know how dangerous demonoids are. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, uh, oh. Because anyone with common sense knows and remembers the history that one demonoid has wiped out platoons of people. And destroyed cities and things like that. And it took two legendary people to stop one of them. Yeah. Where Shin's going up on a, going up against it by himself. And Cecily immediately starts going after him, trying to stop him. Maria grabs her. And he's like, guys, get her out of here. Um, and yeah, you're in my way. Type thing. And so uh, Og looks at him and does what he's told pretty much. And just and goes. And they and they go leave, and uh, they have this magic fight between them. And Shin realizes that it's weird that Kurt is talking, because demonoids are just demonoids are mindless. They're mindless rage creatures. So maybe he, maybe the conversion hadn't been complete. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's something in him left. Oh yeah, no. And before Og leaves, Shin's like, "That was an attack on our lives." And he's like, "Yep." That was attempted yep. murder. That was attempted murder type thing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he, uh, and so, anyways, uh, they get into the fight, and there's this pretty cool fight between the two of them, magical powers, blasts going back and forth. And uh, Kurt begins to gather in magical energy to the point where he's going to explode because he just wants to kill Sheen that badly. Because mm -hmm. um, everything that Sheen does is just causing pain to Kurt. Uh, every attack he did up to that point was hurting him. Which mm -hmm. was another hint that he hadn't completely become a demonoid yet. Yes. Um, because demonoids also can't feel pain, apparently. Um, which makes them one of the... Which is why they're so hard to stop. Yeah. In part. Yeah. Um, they just keep going. Um, anyways, uh, after, uh, he then says, I'm sorry, Kurt. I hope you can forgive me for this. And he pulls out his vibro sword outside of his pocket dimension. Mm -hmm. And decapitates Kurt. Yep. Uh, kills him. Um, and, uh... Then he spends his time thinking how he's never killed a human before. Mm -hmm. And that's when, um, some of his friends, there were, uh, some of his friends realize that the danger's over and then they approach him. And they, because they were watching. Yes. Yeah. We should say before this, though, uh, during lunch, this is something you wrote, you wrote down and we kind of skipped over it. Mm -hmm. Um... 
he's telling him about the story about how he killed a red demonoid bear. Well, he's he's saying that he he's first he's telling them about how you can uh-huh. use sense magic to sense ill intent. Uh huh. And so, have you ever gone demon hunting? No, we just finished middle school. Well, demons have this poisonous dark aura, and you could and people can have that same aura if they have very bad intentions. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're like, when did you go to hunting a demon? Uh, when I was 10 years old, I took on a demon bear and uh, took its head off. And then everybody just sort of stares at him and goes, oh, I've done it again. Uh-huh. What part of that story are you surprised about? And then unanimously, all of it. Because uh-huh. <laughs> a demon bear is an extremely powerful demon, a yeah. demonoid. Um, anyways, he... Uh... <laughs> They, uh, yeah, uh, so all the guards come up and they're like, wait a minute, what happened? Well, no, um, and so there's an after credit scene, yeah. Cecily, real fast, Cecily sees Shin, sees that he's kind of shaken up by the fact that he killed someone, and she kind of, you know, it feels like Cecily's blaming herself for putting Shin in this situation where he had to kill somebody, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees there's a, a big look of guilt on her face, but anyways, there's an after credit scene. Uh, on this episode that I actually skipped the first time I watched it because I didn't realize there was an after credit scene. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, it's it's not a very long one, but yeah, there's a great after credit scene that you that so, you wrote about. So so, af- so after the credits roll, um, it cuts back to them and they're still just dis- they're kind of dealing with the aftermath of the death of Kurt. Mm-hmm. And um, group of guards sorry, come just, up. Sorry, I just remembered that um, what's his name that uh, exclamation point renamed uh, Kirito Kurt for his. Uh, <laughs> For his uh, deconstruction of SAO abridged. But no. (laughs) No. So what happened was um, these guards come up saying, we heard that there was a demonoid. Where is it? Where is it? And they point to a body on the floor. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's already dead. Who took care of it? So these are are seasoned guards who knew what was, Mm -hmm. who'd been around. I don't know if they were around way back for them, but I'm sure they've heard the stories. Um, everyone's heard the story. Everyone has heard the stories. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of why the uh, the help uh, mobs come after mm-hmm. these two. Um, but the fact that one person took out a demonoid by himself, and they t- turn to the prince and go, "Sire, was it you?" And he says, "No." I will tell you who did this. And then makes this huge fanfare about it being uh, Shin, who uh, is the who, grandson who, of the guru and the wise man. Who uh, who slayed this by single-handedly. Mm. And suddenly the guards start chanting his name, Shin, Shin, Shin. Our new and, hero. And, and at that moment, the prince... Shin looks over to the prince and Og, and he Og suddenly has this vindictive smile on his face. Just this kind of. Uh, well, <laughs> that's what me, leads me to believe that the prince has plans. Yes, that the prince knows what he's doing. That, like I said before, the king promised not to use him. The prince made no such promise. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what the prince is doing. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's where the three episodes end. Um, I just want to go ahead and point out that I absolutely, I kind of said it before, but I, I love this show's ability to make it so lighthearted 
and then it's like flipping a switch and suddenly it's serious and somber mm-hmm. and then they flip another switch and it's lighthearted again yeah. you know and it doesn't feel like it's ruining the pacing it doesn't feel jarring to me it just it, it's just kind of interesting it's, to me how they're able to just switch gears so easily it's kind of like a giant jawbreaker. It's layers mm-hmm. of uh, you have your layer of humor, then a layer, and it just goes deeper and deeper as you go through the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. But we've already talked about wanting to watch more, so I think that's our conclusion for this show. Yeah, we'll, great. Be, we'll be watching more of this. Yeah, yep, yep. Like I said, once we're done recording this, I'm going to go ahead and watch the latest episode. Okay. Um, so that's it for uh, Wise Man's Grandchild. What are we watching next week? So next week, so I've been seeing a whole bunch of uh, memes. Oh. Featuring characters from this uh, particular anime coming up in my Facebook feed, and I kind of wanted to uh, see what it was all about. And so next week we'll be watching Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba. Okay. It's the Taisho period in Japan. Tanjiro, a kind-hearted boy who sells charcoal for a living, finds his family slaughtered by a demon. To make matters worse, his younger sister, Nezuko, the sole survivor, has been transformed into a demon herself. Though devastated by this grim reality, Tanjiro resolves to become a demon slayer so that he can turn his sister back into a human and kill the demon that massacred his family. Now, I don't ah. know if you've seen any of this, but the the, the little sister um, ends up having what looks like mm-hmm. a spell scroll in her mouth almost all the time. I just barely found demonslayer-anime.com uh, and I have seen her before. Yes. Um, I didn't. Okay. Okay. Well, it looks like it's from. <clears throat> from what I just, <clears throat> excuse me, from what I um, gather, because when I first looked it up, it looks like it was made from an older, an older anime. Let me go ahead and double check when it was first published. No. Okay. Sorry. It's it's still fairly recent. It's 2016. Yeah. The cover just has a very old school style to it. It looks kind of like an older anime, and I was wondering if it was kind of the recent trend of. Older animes where the imagination was just so big they couldn't quite do it. Or older manga, I should say, where the tr- the anime, the, the imagination for it was just so big that they couldn't really do it justice until recently. Kind of like what they did with um, Ushio and Tora and um, Parasite, um, things like that. Okay. So, uh, uh, or whether it's part of the other trend of just being an homage to the older styles of anime, like uh, Megalobox was. Could be. Could be. Anyways, I am looking forward to watching that. That, that looks interesting. Yeah, okay. So okay. that's what we're so look forward to that next week. Awesome. So what so that brings us to our recommendation of the week. Yep. And this week it's your turn. Yep. And this week I'm going to rep- recommend it's only two episodes so far. I hope they make more. Um, but there is a YouTube channel by the name of Grimjack. And mm. they made something that a friend of mine of ours, Joe, actually introduced me to this. Goblin Slayer abridged. Yes. And oh my gosh, it's funny. Oh my gosh. Here, now, drink this. Now, do you, feel, do you, here, drink this. You'll feel better. Okay. <laughs> Ow, that's disgusting. What was that? Good. You're not a goblin. Goblin piss. What? Why would you make me drink that? It means you're not a goblin. Uh, fact one about goblins. They drink their own piss. Oh, God. Note to self. Elves might be goblins. Investigate further. It's so good. It's so good. Like One of my favorite things about Goblin Slayer um, is the relationship between Goblin Slayer and Guild Girl. I adore Guild Girl. Um, She's a receptionist. 
And uh, she is so, like, she's kind of fallen for Goblin Slayer because while most people get into adventuring because they want to make big names for themselves, so they're filled with boisterous people, and she's just, you know, she deals with that all the time. Goblin Slayer is very somber. He's He keeps to himself. He gets the job done. Hmm. And he's and he just... He, he saved thousands of lives with his work of just killing goblins rather than just trying to make a name for himself. Nice. Um, and she's fallen for him, you know, uh, be, uh, because of that. Um, uh, but anyways, she, um, in Goblin Slayer Abridged, rather than being this polite receptionist, she is somebody who's just so done with her job. <laughs> uh, it's great. Anyways, I recommend it. It's only got two episodes so far. I really hope they make more. I think they've got a Patreon. Uh, that we can go ahead and uh, give a link to uh, if you want to go ahead and see more information about them. Obviously, the more people who go ahead and help them on Patreon, the more easily it will be for them to go ahead and make more episodes. Uh, anyways, that's it for recommendation of the week. Now it's creator shout-out time, and it's your turn. All right. This week, I'm going to give a shout-out to a YouTube channel that I enjoy called Cinema Wins. That channel's awesome. So, you know, we're going to put the link on our site and uh, go ahead and just check them out. Um, they spend their time dissecting movies and just saying, just having positive things to say about it. That's kind of what a lot of what our inspiration behind this show was, was Cinema Wins. Yeah. Because there's just so much negativity out right. there and it's so easy to be negative about things. We decided to go ahead and create the show that was just more positive, fo focusing on the things that we really, really enjoy in, uh, in anime. So Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, give them a give them a look. They have some pretty amazing stuff. I think it took I think they did like, what two episodes for Avengers Endgame. No, no, for Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Endgames wouldn't be out yet, but uh, no, it's the the positivity even on some even on some movies that seem just classically bad. Mm -hmm. Just it's so nice to have a positive spin on. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. it really is, and you need positivity in in like especially in these times. Okay, so that's it for Creator Shoutout. I guess that's it for this episode. Unless it there was is. something else you wanted to talk, you wanted to say? That was okay. it. Well, thanks so much for listening in this week. <coughs> I'm going to have to get another drink. My throat's starting to get scratchy from talking so much. If you listen in on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel with your friends. Where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, that's it for another week. I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for us. And another shout-out to Brasmataz for writing Dry Kulk, which we use for our opening and closing song. Yep. All right. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week. Thank you.